The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to, I think, episode 44 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. I think it is, Ewan. Have you been keeping count? Is that producer Chris not doing his job again? No, I'm just... I, I remain unconvinced that it's episode 44. I actually thought we were more than that, to be was honest. It not, was it not like 42 a month ago? Yeah. It's definitely 44. It's definitely 44, apparently. All right, okay. Can I just apologise to you, to producer Chris, and anyone listening today? I'm a wee bit rough, so I might not be in the best of form today. I was in Kelso yesterday for Ladies' Day at Kelso Races, and I was DJing into small hours, which is why I've come to the studios in Edinburgh, which is why I'm not with you in Glasgow, yeah. because I, I couldn't face the car journey, so I just jumped on a train in this beautiful, gorgeous weather. So I'm feeling a wee bit croaky, I feel a wee bit rough. I've got myself a, a Starbucks, I've got myself a fresh orange juice from Starbucks, by the way, Robin gets Starbucks. The fresh orange juice, £4.99. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Starbucks, who have now <laughs> left us. Uh, thank you very much. By the way, Starbucks is somewhere I just don't go because I don't drink coffee. So I've got no interest in going to Starbucks. See, I don't trust anybody that doesn't like coffee. Just Why? Because I just don't like the taste of it, really. That's the long and short of it. I you can't. know my um, co-host, Kat Harvey, does a breakfast show with me. Yes. On Great Sets Radio. She herself also, like you doesn't like coffee, hasn't even really tasted it to even make a determination on whether or not she likes it or not. Do you know what is as well is I would probably, I'd probably like it. I could get any coffee, no bother at all. But I don't want to get into the... The oh, caffeine hit. I, I need to have a cup of coffee when I wake up in the morning and all that. Oh, I need to, oh, I need three cups of coffee before midday or I can't do it. Like, I can't, nah, I'm just not getting into that and I can't be bothered with it. Right, so what do you do to get yourself up in the morning? What's your routine? My routine is I get up, I have a shower, have to have a shower first thing in the morning, then I have a banana. <laughs> a banana. And then sometimes I'll have a cup of tea. Occasionally I'll have a cup of tea, but um, usually I'll just have a glass of water and a banana and then that's me. That's me. So it's out the bed, into the shower, yeah. into the kitchen, peel a banana, eat the banana, kettle on, cup of tea yeah pretty much but you know like I, i'm i honestly so like you do just now you do a breakfast show i used to do a breakfast show somewhere yeah. else for many years i couldn't function in the morning without having a shower like these people who shower the night before and then just get up and put their clothes on and come in no nah, not for me i have to get up i have to shower in the morning i actually use the shower to wake up because Otherwise, my day will just not go well. And I feel minging as well. I'll tell you what my routine is, right? Because I'm obviously doing the breakfast show just now. Is that I do have a shower at night. I lay my clothes out. So it's basically wake up, get into your clothes, have a wee wash, go to the toilet, do your thing in the morning. Put the kettle on. Take the dog for a wee poo and a wee. So um, get the dog sorted. Come back, kettle's boiled. Make myself a cup of coffee. Get in the car, drive to work. Do the show, and then after that, I go and get myself some lunch. I might have a wee afternoon nap. After the afternoon nap, I'll then go and pick up my son Josh from school. After that, I go and make the dinner for Josh because my wife's at work. My mother-in-law sometimes makes a dinner. I then have dinner. My wife comes in. She has dinner. We then watch a wee bit of telly together. I then go and have another shower, and then I go to my bed, and then it starts all over again. No, I, I just can't get into showering at night, I'm afraid. That's I just... shower twice a day. How do you shower twice a day? I shower when I get home before I have ah, my poo. right, okay, right, okay. And then my day starts. Okay, well, that's fair enough. That's the routine of <laughs> you and Cameron all sorted down. So, listen, by the way, Ewan, we had some feedback on last week's podcast. Do you want to hear some of it? Go so, on. Uh, hello to Pandora Bateman. He says, or she says, the two ugly sisters of Glasgow want to strangle the rest of Scottish football. Such a sad state of affairs, but nobody's ever going to stop that happening. Oh, Grant Elliott says, It pains me to say this as a Falkirk supporter, but I agree 100% with everything that Stephen's saying. The best that clubs can do is vote to get rid of the Conference League once and for all. And then hello to MJH10, who says, The biggest crime of the podcast this week is Ewan Cameron has ever got away with calling himself a DJ. Well, I was a DJ at Kelso Races yesterday, MJ, and I had the place bouncing from six in the uh, afternoon right through to midnight. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. What sort of songs are you playing? Did you play any modern stuff or was it just like, you know, like stuff of the 70s? 
<laughs> You're a cheeky cat. No, but I just assumed that it would just be like, and here's another. By the way, the buffet is open. The buffet is open. And here's another record by Mr. Billy Ocean. <laughs> is that pretty much what it was like? No, Stephen, right? I've been DJing in clubs and pubs and events and weddings since 1994. I gave up doing it on a regular basis in 2012 because I got bored of it. And every now and then I will um, come out of retirement and DJ events. So um, I have my finger on the pulse. I know what the, uh, the young team of today like and what they want. But also, thanks to movies like The Guardians of the Galaxy and also TikTok, uh, the big classic tunes are also very popular amongst the young team so it's a mixture of everything from the 70s right through to the present day do you know the song that goes down really really well in my set what's that i'm gonna take my horse and oh no oh i'm gonna ride till my heart no more it's a good sing-along tune do you know it i do know what it is and obviously we've got the ewan cameron soundboard as well here so yeah. At heart. Do you play Young at Heart <laughs> at any point? No, I didn't play Young at Heart last night. No, I didn't. No, there will not. be a pumping tomorrow. <laughs> there was none of that. <laughs> My dog's fifty kilos. <laughs> what about your dog? Your dog's still fifty kilos. So. She's actually going up to fifty-three. Has she? God, she's Aye. been on weight. No, oh, well. she's been on weight, but she can go to fifty-five. So fifty, fifty-five, she's fine. Anyway, the Scottish Premiership is officially done and dusted for the season. We all know the finishing places. We've said goodbye to Dundee United, who drop into the Championship, and we also now know the two teams who will battle out for the final place in the Scottish Premiership next season. That is Partick Thistle and Ross County. Let's go through all the games. We'll have a pop at the refs, obviously, and VAR. WTF and we'll go through your shouts for if Scottish football was a stadium and by the way while you're listening go and find the Big Scottish Football Podcast on Twitter you can give us a follow at Big Football Scott you can get us on Instagram and Facebook as well just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening and give us a big fat juicy five stars if you fancy as well so final weekend of the season you and Cameron we were on the air early on Saturday it was Celtic versus Aberdeen we had Hearts versus Hibs St Mirren versus Rangers let's start with the Edinburgh Derby because that was the only game that actually had something riding on it 1-1 it finished um, Hearts obviously only needed the point to finish in fourth place um, with the sending off of Alex Cochran which I think we'll get to WTF VAR in just a wee second but that made it a sort of more nervous last 25 minutes half an hour than it could have been it was a good game wasn't it it was end to end it was feisty it was um full-hearted I really enjoyed the game I thought that Hearts started well with the better team and then they get a great goal Oda uh, first goal for the club he's been a revelation since uh, Stephen Naismith's come into the club great touch on the edge of the box left foot drilled it into the near corner gave uh, Marshall no chance so Hibs were struggling at that point and then the sending off changes the game and then Hearts were battered for the rest of the game. Um, how Hibs didn't go on to win that game is beyond me. Nisbet's goal, that boy, he can finish, can't he? I like him as a player. But I just wonder whether a club will take a, a gamble on him because he does appear to be a wee bit injury prone, Stephen. I mean, you know him yeah. better than I do with him being at Dunfermline. But do you take the gamble on him? Because I'm not sure you do. I think you do because he scores lots of goals and I think there are many, many strikers over the years who have had problems with injuries but because they score lots of goals teams are willing to look take over it and take the gamble on it and you know there's lots of players who have had really bad injuries throughout their career obviously I'm going to the other end of the scale I think you like Alan Shearer who had big bother with his knee when he was yeah. at uh, Southampton and then he, I think he did it again when he was in Newcastle he as did. well but you know like he scored tons of goals it's almost it's, it's worth it now I'm not in any way comparing Kevin Nisbet to Alan Shearer but um, what I would say is he knows where the back of the net is. If you look at his scoring record, it's phenomenal. It's so, so good. It's up there with everyone else in Scottish football who you can think of over the last 35 years. And I think there'll be a lot of teams from the English Championship interested in Kevin Nisbet. It was a really good goal as well. Oh, great finish. Great finish. And as I said, we'll get to the actual refereeing decision in just a wee bit. But can, I, can I ask you when it comes to Kevin Nisbet... As I've said all season, I think he's a proper, proper striker. I really like him as a player. And I know there was talk of him going to Millwall, was it last year? Yeah. And there's all this rumour again flying around that he might be going down south and Millwall might be back in for him. 
Has he played his last game for Hibs? I think so, yeah. You I think, think he has? I think he'll be away in the summer. You want him to go because Dunfermline have got a good sell-on clause. They do have a good sell-on clause, but even for him as well, he's 26 years old. He's just been named in the Scotland squad this afternoon. By the way, Steve Clark has named the yeah. Scotland squad. We'll get to that in just a wee bit. Shankland in the squad as well. I think that if he, he wants to take his career to the next level, he has to go and play probably in the English Championship. And if he continue, if, if, if he goes down there and scores 15, 20 goals, even something like that, then you're all of a sudden you've got a lower-end Premier League team sniffing about you. And that's life-changing for him in terms of the money that he'll make. So I think he'll be away in the summer, which is obviously not what Hibs fans will want to hear. But hopefully they get lots and lots of money for him. And uh, Dunfermline. By extension, get lots and lots of money for him as well because, I mean, it's a real kick in the teeth. We signed him from Wraith Rovers after he had a great season at Wraith Rovers. We somehow managed to sign him on a free because like, I think he only signed a one-year contract. So we ended up not having to pay any compensation or anything for him. So it was basically like a free player. We got money from Hibs, obviously, and he's gone on, done really well at Hibs, and I think he'll end up getting a a decent move uh, in the summer in the next month or two so uh, Hearts finishing fourth on 54 points Hibs finishing fifth on 52 obviously Hibs will need to wait to see what the European situation is everyone is, uh, is assuming obviously that Celtic will win the Scottish Cup at the weekend and if they do that that means Hibs will be in Europe as well I think you owe Lee Johnson an apology because you're very good at pulling me up for things that I've said in the past at the start of the season you didn't give Hibs a chance you thought Hibs would be bottom six and if truth be told, they've been one of the form teams going into the fight, into the, the the split fixtures. I mean, what a win they had against Celtic. They were really good against Hearts at Tynecastle. I think you owe Lee Johnson an apology because he's done a great job there. You know what, Ewan? I think you're right. I do owe Lee Johnson an apology because I thought Hibs were going to have a terrible season. The early signs, I just wasn't fancying him at all. He was wearing stupid jackets and that as well. But absolutely, fair play to Lee Johnson. <laughs> did, you see the, did you see the suit he was wearing on uh, Saturday? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> He's totally turned it round, and I do think he's always going to be a wee bit of a Marmite character, but fair play to him. He's got Hibs playing some really decent stuff. Yeah. If they can recruit well over the summer, if they can obviously get into Europe as well, that'll make a big difference and obviously attract more players as well. I think Hibs uh, have been... Um, they've pleasantly surprised me this season. So, Good. yes, Lee Johnson, I'm sorry I got that one wrong. There That's very big of you, Stephen. Well done to you, and my respect for you has gone a wee bit higher. Thank okay, you for thank that, you very man. much. I'm just looking at the table from last season to this season so Hearts finished third last season obviously in 61 points Yeah. this season finishing fourth on 54 points so only seven points down on last season Ewan but that's on, a lot it is and uh, uh, you know you know if Hearts had got 61 points this season they'd finish third above Aberdeen but the gap between Hearts and Dundee United last season was 13 points you can see how much closer it is this season Aberdeen on 57 Hearts on 54 Hibs on 52 St Mirren a wee bit further down but it was a lot tighter between those three teams this season wasn't it Ian? It was so Hearts were 24 points behind Rangers who finished second last year and going into this season Hearts were saying we need to bridge that gap and get closer to the team in second between Rangers and Celtic. What was the gap at the end of the season? So the gap at the end of this season, Rangers on 92 points and Aberdeen on 57. So therefore the gap, if my math is correct, is 35. The gap's got bigger. Last season, Rangers finished second on 89 points and Hearts finished third on 61 that means that the gap was 28 points. So, nice. yes, there's been an increase of seven compared yeah. to last season. Incidentally, it's the seven points that Hearts had last season that they don't have this season. Yeah. So, if you look at it that way, um, there's, there's maybe... So, it's, it's, it's been a disastrous season for Hearts because we went into this campaign expecting to finish third. We had the better budget, the bigger budget. We were in Europe, the better squad of players. And the talk was, let's try and narrow the gap. Each season it goes on, we get closer and closer to the old firm. We've actually gone backwards and that's all thanks to Robbie Nielsen which is why he got booted out the door that's not good enough for Hearts that was our aim this year so it's been a disastrous campaign we've not been great in the Cups and we were poor in the league so we start all over again and the chat is that Hearts are going to be announcing a new manager this week and it's a boy from IF Hammenberg or something Hammerby Hammerby right, okay. yeah so he's a, he's, a, he's a Spanish coach at Hammerby and Hearts are apparently speaking to him he's a 40 year old guy he was apparently on the shortlist for Aberdeen before they gave it to Barry Robson so, um, so you're getting a, you're getting Aberdeen's cast offs then that they don't want shut up you 
No, it's not the case at all. He didn't want to go to Aberdeen. That's what I was hearing from his sources. Or is it the fact that Aberdeen were like, hmm, doesn't look that great, so... We've... He's actually been described as the Spanish Harry Potter. The uh, not Harry Potter. The Spanish Harry Potter. Uh, Graham Potter. Graham Potter. <laughs> right, okay, okay, fair enough. The Spanish <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> no, he's the Spanish Graham Potter because Graham Potter was in Norway then he went to the Premiership and did a great job with Brighton. So... So he's the, Spanish, he's in Norway, and apparently he is the Spanish version of Graham Potter. So the guy you're talking about is Martes Cifuentes. Correct. That's his, he's 40-year-old, and apparently he is well thought of and well regarded in coaching circles. And as I said, he is known as the Graham Potter of Norway, who might be heading to Scotland to manage Hearts. We'll hopefully find out this week, because Hearts want to get their new man in as soon as possible. Does Stephen Naismith have a chance of getting the gig? Do you know what? There's a lot of Hearts fans, and I was on Jambo's kickback the other night there, Stephen, and I was really shocked to see us. They were running a poll in Jambo's kickback, which is where all the Hearts fans go. Do you want me to read out the results of this poll? Yeah, go for it. Would you like Stephen Naismith for manager 2023-2024? 80% said yes. You said last week, Ewan, there's absolutely no chance that Stephen Naismith will get this job. I don't think he will. I still don't think he will, but I was gobsmacked that the Hearts fans want another untested manager in through the door to take us to the next level. I think Stephen Naismith's a great guy, right? And I love that he noises up everybody and doesn't give a toss, right? He just calls it as he sees it. I think you keep him around the building, obviously, whoever comes in, but I don't think he's ready to step up to be the full-time manager of a club the size of Hearts. So, yes, I know that he's worked with Stevie Clark and I know that he's worked behind the scenes and he's done a lot of coaching. I still don't think he's ready for the manager's job. So, yeah, get the, the Graham Potter boy for Spain in and have Stephen Naismith in the dugout beside him. Okay, right. Well, we'll see what happens over the next week or so. Let's move on. Let's go to Parkhead, where Celtic clinched the title. Obviously, they clinched literally the title a few weeks ago, but in terms of their final match, they did it in a wee bit of style on Saturday. 5-0 against Aberdeen. Oh, with a couple of goals. Kyogo with a couple of goals. Starfelt as well. And, uh, you know, Aberdeen had zero shots on target, 25% possession. It was an absolute procession for Celtic. And they finished the season on 99 points, which is actually six better than they got last year. So, obviously, you know, a, a bit of a party time for yes. Celtic on Saturday, you would say. Dear English Premiership, please come knocking on the door at Celtic and take Kiego away. Kiogo. Kiego. Kiogo. Kiogo. There we go. Take him away. That boy, he is phenomenal. You see his finish? Yeah, he's very he's very good, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah. He's so, so good. I mean I mean he never lets up, does he? And he might not be in the game, but give him half a chance. And the pace of the boy. I want him gone. <laughs> he's, he's, he's way too good. He's How many goals did he score this season? I think it was 20. And not, what, and not one was a penalty, by the way. Yeah, 33 goals for the season in all Jeez. competitions. I think 27 in the Premiership. And as you said, not one of them from the penalty spot Jeez. either. He did go off injured. Ange Postacoglu says that the injury doesn't seem too serious, obviously, ahead of the cup final this weekend uh, against Inverness. In terms of Aberdeen, very quickly, um, you know, we were talking about this on the show on Saturday, on the big Saturday football show. If somebody would have said, you know, after the Darville game, after the thumping by Hartson for uh, by Hibbs as well, that ultimately led to Jim Goodwin getting sacked. If somebody had said then, Aberdeen are going to finish third, then you would have been like, well, you're off your rocker. They only won third place because Hearts were pish. Let's be honest about it. They got very lucky. I mean, Aberdeen are not a great side. They're not very good to watch. And yeah, you're going to tell me how many games they went unbeaten, etc., etc. They won seven games in a row. I think they won nine of their last. So predictable. So predictable. But that's but that's just the facts. Yeah, I know it is a fact, but you also also have you also have to look at the bigger picture here. So they got lucky, did you? you Yeah, I I think they've got lucky. I don't think they're a particularly great side. I've said that all season. I think the Aberdeen fans, if they were to be honest with themselves, will also be pinching themselves at finishing third because I I mean let's be honest about it. They have been pretty poor, but if they've been poor. Hearts have been equally poor, if not, well, I mean, obviously worse. So, <laughs> well, I mean, like, so wait a minute. So, so, so wait a minute. Aberdeen winning, what, nine out of 14 games, that's really poor. And, and Hearts have been equally poor for winning 
three games in that period or whatever it is. Like you can't, right. you can't, you you can't say, right. you can't right. say that Aberdeen have been lucky, right. and on the other hand, say that Hearts. Th- does that make Hearts unlucky that they've lost all those matches? <laughs> right. Can, right, do you know what the problem is here, right? I'm still a wee bit rough for yesterday. And secondly, I had to sit on the big Saturday football show on Saturday wearing an Aberdeen strip after losing a bet. It and was did great. you And did you see social media over the weekend because there's a picture of me wearing an Aberdeen strip with a scarf above my head? The Aberdeen fans were lapping it up. And I just, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I've had enough of it. So yeah, Aberdeen got lucky. Listen, congratulations to them. <laughs> Enjoy the Europa Conference League. But I'm no happy about it because hearts were pissing. It's really annoying me but hey it's brilliant for Scottish football because see if it was Aberdeen that were going into the qualifiers they wouldn't qualify for Europe so I'm glad that we've given them the chance to play European football next year so thanks to Hearts you're getting a five million pound check Hearts are a great side we'll qualify through the playoffs that's fine so we were doing our bit for Scottish football by getting more clubs into the group stages of European football so well done to Aberdeen that was our gift to you so Hearts are a great side you said there but they've finished behind Aberdeen who are a really poor side Potentially, we are a much better no, team no, no, than no. Aberdeen. There's no potential about it. I'm just looking at the facts here. Aberdeen right. have finished Six. third and Hearts have finished fourth. So, right. how can Hearts be a great side who finished fourth? And you said at the start of this, spent all that money, uh-huh. uh, you know, had a yeah. big budget and all the rest of it. But Aberdeen, who uh, you have said are a very poor side, have finished above you in the table. But why Why do you always pick me up on everything that I say? Because I, you, I, I, you talk such a high volume of shite <laughs> that I, there's, there's, I mean I do let some stuff go when I can't be bothered but you can't say you can't say Aberdeen have been lucky because uh-huh. right, then by extension right. that means Hearts have been unlucky and they've not been they've just been over the not course, very good over the course of the season from August to me have Aberdeen been a good side no they have not they've had a decent wee run towards the end of the season doesn't make them a great side that's the point I'm I'm making I'm not saying they're a great side I'm not saying Aberdeen are a great side there you go then why are you arguing with me then I'm telling you that Aberdeen are not a good side and they've got lucky because the teams in and around them have also been poor that's what I'm saying they've got lucky you just described Hearts as a great side there and they've finished Behind a poor Aberdeen side, as you called them. Stephen, when you look at that heart squad and the players that we've got at our disposal... I don't need to look at the heart squad. I I can just look at the table. And it tells me, it's 38 games from August to May, Aberdeen have had a better season than hearts. That's a fact. Okay, look at Liverpool. Let's go to the Premiership. Liverpool, I've got a much... Wait, wait, Liverpool have got a much better squad and better players than Newcastle. Liverpool have just had an off-season. They've had an off-season, they had injuries in midfield and it caused them problems and it's come back to bite them in the bum. But on paper, and generally speaking, Liverpool are a much better team than Newcastle. But have an off-season. Right, so who's had a better season, Newcastle or Liverpool? Newcastle. That's what I'm saying. So Aberdeen have had a better season than Hearts. But you're not you're missing the point, Steve. And do you know what? Just move on because you're doing my nothing. No. And I've made my point and my point's pretty clear. What I'm saying is, is that Aberdeen got lucky because Hearts And Hearts got un- and Hearts got unlucky by losing what? Eight games in a row, whatever it was. <sighs> right. Listen, well done to Aberdeen. I'm delighted for them. And and I promise you this right now, and I'm going to say it right here on the podcast. I'm going to place that bet again. Hearts will finish ahead of Aberdeen in the Scottish Premier League for 23-24 season. And if they don't, not only will I wear the Aberdeen strip full kit so that I'm a full kit wanker, I will walk around Aberdeen in that strip as well if Hearts don't finish ahead of Aberdeen next season. There you go, I've said it. Okay, we've made a note of that. That is lovely. And obviously we'll need to wait and see who the Hearts manager is if it's the guy that Aberdeen didn't want. (laughs) And he's appointed over the next wee while. Uh, One final game in the top six on Saturday. Uh, It was a comfortable win for Rangers running off their season with a 3-0 win Fashion Sakala with a couple of goals Cholak as well Rangers will obviously not be happy they haven't won anything this season but Michael Beale obviously since he's come in has made a bit of a difference They've um, been good since the split but there's been nothing to play for so what they've done is they've tried to get themselves a wee bit of momentum and players are obviously playing for their futures at the club Um, it looks as though from what I'm reading this morning that Rangers are about to announce three or four new signings even before the Scottish Cup final kicks off. So they're getting their business done early so they can get them in for pre-season. So that's what most clubs would love to do is get their transfer business done 
and dusted so that they can uh, hit the ground running. I've been impressed with Rangers since the split. But again, it's a hard one to determine. It's a hard one to judge when there's been hee-haw really to play for. That's the thing. In all the big games this season, Rangers haven't turned up. And I think that's... Well, that's a lie. Well, that, that's a lie. In all the big games this season, Rangers haven't won any of them. Correct. But they have they have turned up and they have been unlucky and in that's many of what the big games. And that's what will annoy Rangers fans. They haven't done it when it actually mattered and when they needed to beat Celtic this season. I think, that, I think Rangers have been unlucky this year. I think they've been lucky in some, in some of the big, big games. Um, I think the gap. We're, we're not going closer. down the lucky and unlucky route again. I don't think. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think Rangers have been good. I still think Celtic are ahead of them, but not as much as many people think it is. So St Mirren to finish off in the top six. Obviously, yeah. just delighted to get into the top six, and that will be their aim next season. I guess again, just trying to get into that top six and and, and build on that. I don't think Stephen Robinson's there next year. You think he'll leave in the summer? I think he'll go in the summer. I think his stock is so high just now after what he's done there under difficult circumstances. What a job that boy's done. Somebody asked me the other... Actually, it was, when I was at Kelso yesterday, I was at the racing, and somebody actually asked me if I would take Stephen Robinson at Hearts, and I said no. I think it's too big a club for him. I think that's his level, and I don't mean that disrespectfully to St Mirren or to him. I don't. Th- to be honest, I don't think he'd lower himself and go to Hearts. To be honest with you, God, you know. Me. Here's something interesting. Obviously, yeah. it's slightly skewed because in the top six you're playing the better teams, but St Mirren last season finished ninth on forty four points. They finished sixth this season on forty six. Oh really? Yeah, so they've only got two points more. Now, obviously, I said that is skewed because they're playing the better teams in the top six, yes. and they would have been playing against. The worst teams last season, I guess. Aye, because they did not have a really good run in the bottom six. I think they did. Aye. I think they did. So, uh, yeah, just uh, again, another funny wee quirk uh, that I like pointing out. And obviously, Motherwell finishing on 50 points, uh, four points ahead of St Mirren, uh, who finished a place above them. But again, (laughs) that's just how the split works. Let's move on to the bottom six then. And that all took place yesterday afternoon. And I guess the big game was at Rugby Park to decide who was going to be in that playoff. And it's Kilmarnock, Ross County... And it finished 3-1 to Kilmarnock. Pretty comfortable in the end. Uh, Lions Armstrong and Vassell, who's actually had a cracking season. He scored some really big goals over the last few weeks for them. Derek McInnes will just be delighted. They don't have to bother with the playoff. They can build for next season. But they're going to have to build next season without their assistant manager because Tony Dockery has been appointed the head coach at Dundee. That just got announced a wee bit earlier on. So Derek McInnes looking for a new assistant and he'll be wanting to avoid any sort of rubbish at the bottom of the table next season because, you know, McInnes has got a decent record when it comes to Scottish Premiership at St Johnson and at Aberdeen as well. So he'll definitely be looking to push on from this, won't he? I think that Derek McInnes is a better manager than Kilmarnock. I think he's done a good job there. That would have been the um, the aim at the start of the season, a newly promoted club, just stay in the division and then consolidate and then kick on from there. But I think Derek McInnes is better than Kilmarnock. He says that he wants the team to fight for the top six next season. See if a half-decent job comes up, whether it be in the Scottish Premiership or whether it be down south, I think he'd go. I think he's, he's, he's a better level than Kilmarnock. Again, nothing against Kilmarnock. He's done a great job, Derek McInnes, and I thought yesterday they were outstanding. Um, Bettings for mugs... Let me just put that on record. It really is for mugs. Um, but I put a little treble on yesterday and I had Kilmarnock, Leicester and Aston Villa. So thank you, Kilmarnock. But I always thought, the reason I bring that up is because I was so confident that Kilmarnock were going to beat Ross County at Rugby Park. Uh, they've got a great home record. And with Derek McInnes in the dugout, I just thought they were going to be too strong for Ross County. It turned out to be the case. I thought they were very, very good. Yeah, well done to Kilmarnock and thoroughly deserved. Ross County, obviously, in the playoffs against Partick Thistle now, who thumped their United over two legs. We'll get to that in just a wee second. But Malcolm Mackay saying, if you told me four weeks ago when we were four points adrift at the bottom that we'd be in the playoffs, we probably would have taken that. So Ross County will still fancy their chances in the playoff against Partick Thistle. Somebody made a really good point yesterday. I was, where was I driving? To Kelso. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was in Kelso. <laughs> We've been through this a number of times, yeah. And somebody made a really good point. They came down the road to Rugby Park and they got pumped 3-1. They then have a four-hour journey back up the road. They wouldn't have trained today because they were playing yesterday. I'm guessing they'll be training tomorrow. Do they come down on the Wednesday? Yes. 
Or yeah, do they come down on the day of the game? On the Thursday? Down, they'll come down on Wednesday and they'll probably train somewhere during the day on Thursday, right, okay. I would imagine, as well. So, so that, that's quite a lot of travelling for them between Sunday and then the game on Thursday. I mean, uh, Ross County are used to travelling. They do it every second week. Like. But do you know what I mean? For such a big game, whereas Partick Thistle have been banging in the goals, they've got a wee bit of momentum behind them and they've just been concentrating and getting ready for this game, whereas Ross County have had the, the emotion of getting beat by... Kilmarnock heading back up the road back down the road again and preparing for such a big game and I think if you'd said to Malky Mackay right now would you take a 1-1 draw at Partick Thistle I think he'd bite your hand off for that because I fancy them at home but it all depends on what happens at Partick Thistle I think it's a really intriguing game but I think ultimately the Premiership Club will come through and Ross County will stay in the Premier League Yeah, first leg on Thursday night and then the second leg is on Sunday Elsewhere in the bottom six yesterday Dundee United's relegation confirmed it was all but confirmed after that thumping by Kilmarnock at Tanadise during the week so Dundee United will play Championship football next season they got beat 3-2 obviously on Saturday Let's just part Dundee United for a wee second talk about Motherwell What a revival under Stuart Kettlewell and that man Kevin Van Veen scores for a record record 11 straight game passing the record that was set by Mark Viduka back in the day at Celtic so he's probably not going to be there his interview suggested he's not going to be there next how, season how old is he? 31 30, 31 I think he's about that so producer this, Chris go and check that out mate he's doing it right now so uh, yeah he is 31 so I think that mm. this is his only chance to get a big move or his last chance to get a big move so well, I wait, think he'll who, be able- who's taking a 31 year old? I think he can probably get somebody at the top end of League One in England that could probably treble his wages. So he's yeah. just scored God knows how many goals. What was it? 20, 25, 26 in the league or whatever it was. I know Hearts fans were talking about him on Jambo's kickback about possibly him coming in to back up Lauren Shanklin, although I've still got my doubts about Lauren Shanklin being at Hearts next season. I think there'll be a few clubs looking at him. Um, but even if Lauren Shanklin stays, Hearts fans would like the idea of getting Van Veen in. But I don't think at his the stage of his career he wants to be a backup striker. No. He'll want to be starting. Exactly. So that's probably... The only way that I could see Van Veen turning up at Tynecast is if Shanklin does leave and then we might bring him in then or look to bring him in. But yeah, he's had a wonderful season. Some of the goals he scored, yeah. I mean, outstanding. They, so yeah, well done great. to the boy. Yeah. And well done to Stuart Kettlewell. What a job that guy's done. And uh, I think you owe him an apology as well. Cause, well um, I, I knew you were going to bring up, yes, because I said, no, don't give it to him, don't give it to him. He's, he, he messed yeah. up at Ross County, et cetera, et cetera. So, he didn't really um, mess up at Ross County. Well, you're being a bit, he got them promoted and then they got he got sacked halfway through the season. I yeah. don't think that's messing up at Ross well, County. Well, he, 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 he didn't kick on, did he? I mean, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't end well. Let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'd like to apologise to Stuart Kettlewell for having doubts about him coming in at Motherwell, and he's proved me wrong and a few others wrong. So well done to Mr. Stuart Kettlewell. My apologies. Do you have the same doubts about Jim Goodwin, who will be leading Dundee United in the Championship next no, season? He signed a two-year contract. Good or bad move? I don't think it is a bad move. I think Jim Goodwin will get them up at the first attempt. I think Dundee United will be way too strong. I know there'll be a lot of changes there. There'll be a few players that'll be leaving. But I just think the size of that club, the budget they will have against the other teams in that league, I think Dundee United will come straight back up. I've got no doubt about that, which is unfortunate for clubs like Dunfermline. I just look at the rest of that league and and it's put... Okay... I might change my opinion if Ross County dropped down because that makes it really interesting. But if Partick Thistle stay in that division, who do I see challenging Dundee United next year for the title? I don't see Queen's Park challenging them. I know they've had a good season this year and I know they've got money, but I just think that Dundee United will be way, way, way too strong and it'll be a battle for who finishes second, third and fourth. Okay, well, I hope you're wrong on that one. Uh, St. Johnson 2, Livingston 0. So St. Johnson rounding off the league season with a victory. Stephen McLean will be St. Johnson manager next season as well. Good or bad move, Ewan Cameron? Well, it would appear as though that might be a good move because he's he's, he's got to tune out the players since he's taken over. So well done to, to, the, to the lad, Stephen McLean. Good win against Livingston. They played well. You have to fear for Livingston. I just noticed today that Livingston put a tweet up. Five players they've announced are leaving the club. And that includes Devlin, who's off to Aberdeen, and others as well. It's not looking particularly good for Livingston for the start of next season. But the problem is, is that their wage structure and the way that the money's not that particularly great. So they've already been knocked back by a couple of championship players. So I fear for Livingston already for next year. But for St. Johnson, brilliant result. 
Well done, Stephen McLean. We'll be interested to see what they do in the summer and into next season. We've already spoken a wee bit about Partick Thistle. Obviously, it was a 5-0 victory on Friday night against Air United. Just an absolute destruction. Dippo Akinyemi getting sent off for air after 25 minutes. Oh, that's the boy. Yes. Akinyemi might be going to Livingston. Yeah, so, uh, well, he got sent off on Friday night, which didn't help, obviously. So, Partick Thistle, I'm sure I read have had their second best ever season in terms of goal scoring in their history this season. And they finished fourth in the league with that? Particularly since Chris Dillon's come in, obviously. Yeah. Um, they have just been absolutely brilliant. Only lost one game. They've been tight at the back as well. I think they've got something like 12 or 13 clean sheets since they came in. So They're good to watch, Stephen. Did you watch another night there? I yeah, know absolutely. That, I, and, obviously, the game was, was over when you know, Akinyemi gets sent off and obviously McMillan scored after, what, five, six minutes or whatever it was. Mm. But, you know, I do think Thistle are going into this with a wee bit of momentum. I would not rule them out against Ross County. I think it's going to be fairly tight uh, on Thursday night, particularly at Fur Hill, and then on Sunday up at County as well. So it's a half past four kickoff on Sunday. So if I was to nail you on it right now, who's staying up? You think Ross County still? By a goal. Okay. By a goal, just because of their premiership experience, I think they'll just do it. But do you know what? There's momentum and confidence going into these two games. Before we get to WTF VAR, mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to just make a wee note of this. So the game's live on Sky this season. Celtic have had 20, Rangers have had 18, Hearts have had 8, Aberdeen 6, Hibs 6, Dundee United 4, Motherwell Ross County 4 as well. And then three each for Livingston, St. Johnson, Kilmarnock and St. Mirren. 41 games shown in total by Sky. They have the rights for 48. There have only been seven games all season which haven't featured either Celtic or Rangers, which is a percentage of 17%. The new deal that comes in in 2024, so uh, next season, uh, the season after next, I should say, 60 games per season worth £150 and they are only obligated to show 42 of those 60 games. Jeez. The new deal includes the SWPL as well, minimum five fixtures across the league and the League Cup. The amount distributed to clubs will increase from the current 25 million to 30 million a season. So that's, I'll I'll just leave that there. We've spoken a lot about that this season. Can I I just say, very um, quickly, yeah. Yeah, just very quickly, I know. And I know there's a lot of fans who are annoyed by it and the TV deal, etc. And how there was a TV blackout for the Edinburgh Derby at the weekend, which was a great game. And the Kilmarnock Ross County game that had something riding on it yesterday. Yeah, so so that's what I was going to get to. That was was my main point there. So we had a blackout for the um, the big game on Saturday, which was obviously Hearts versus Hibs. And then on Sunday, when you compare what Sky Sports Scotland did to what Sky Sports England did for the Premier League end of season. They had three games on. The three games that mattered in the battle for relegation in the Premiership. What did Scotland have? We had a procession. And there's nothing wrong with showing the Celtic game because obviously it's the day they're going to get the trophy. Yes, show that game. But they must have and they should have shown Kilmarnock versus Ross County on the red button or on another channel to actually not show any of those games is an absolute disgrace because we need to be showcasing all of Scottish football and not just the two big clubs that get your viewing figures. They do a fantastic job of the Premiership down south and they do an awful job in Scotland. La gente está muy loca. What the okay, let's go through some of the VAR WTFs. Let's start with Hearts versus Hibs on Saturday. So Alex Cochran initially booked for a foul on Chris Cadden and a penalty was given. Then he went across to the monitor, came back, sent off and awarded a free kick. Kevin Nisbet obviously scored from it. It was the right decision though, Ewan, wasn't it? Uh, on first viewing of it, I thought it was a bit harsh. But then when you see it from where the referee is, from behind the challenge, then for me it's, it's a red card because... He's in on goal with a chance to score. So, yeah, I think the sending off was the right decision and the referee was right to overrule the penalty and give a free kick because the challenge happened just outside the box. Elsewhere on Saturday, Celtic Aberdeen Jota ruled out for offside. Would he made it 3-0? He was offside though, wasn't he? He was offside, yes. Sunday, let's move on to Kilmarnock Ross County. First of all, the Kilmarnock penalty. So, Danny Armstrong's leg swiped. After a VAR consultation, Kevin Clancy awarded the penalty. Correct decision? Correct decision. Ross County penalty, Ash Taylor pulled down Keith uh, Keith Watson's jersey. VAR intervened. Again, Kevin Clancy awarded the penalty. I think it's soft. I can see why they've given it. I do think so as well. I think it was soft, but 
kind you, of you know what happens when you pull folk shirts and that's usually a foul the, the reason that I've got my doubts about it you see it all the time you'd have 23 penalties in a game oh, you say that all the time but I mean like that's I, why I think it's soft yeah well you're picking and choosing when you to, 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 to punish a club for pulling on a jersey you pick and choose I don't like that when you're picking and choosing when to give the pen and when not to give it. It didn't matter in the end. Motherwell no. done to United uh, and didn't matter there, but it didn't matter here either because uh, Bevis Mugabe, handball, VR got involved again. <sighs> Stephen McLean goes to the monitor, penalty given. Here's my issue with this one. Now, see when you've got your arms out and the ball and, and there's, a, there's a shot at goal coming in and you've got your arms out and you're facing the player who's having the shot or if you turn your back and you put your arms out when the shot's coming in and it hits your arm in the penalty box that's a penalty for me but this is a cross towards Stephen Fletcher not Stephen Fletcher who was that again? Yeah it was Stephen Fletcher yeah. Was it Stephen Fletcher? Yeah. Towards Stephen Fletcher who I actually think he fouls Mugabe I actually think he fouls him by kind of like not like forearm in the back of the neck and Mugabe is running away from Stephen Fletcher. He's facing his goalkeeper and his arm is out and it's his left arm. And the ball comes over the back of his head and strikes his arm. That's not a penalty for me. It really isn't. It's not 100% that's not a penalty. I thought the referee got it right to begin with. VAR then puts a doubt in his head. He goes over and has a look at it. And I'm thinking, go on, mate. Stand by your original decision. But no. He's gone and changed the decision and he's given the penalty. And I thought it was really, really soft. And I felt that the Motherwell player was hard done by there. St. Johnson Livingston, the St. Johnson penalty. James Penrice takes down James Brown in the box. And Chris Kane scored the resulting penalty. Any complaints there? That's my pal James Penrice. Scored a wonderful goal last week when they beat Dundee United 2-0. Was it 2-0? 3-1? 2-0. They beat them. They beat them. Uh, So James Penrice... um, Last week was one of the heroes with a brilliant volley finish. And then this week, he's the villain, giving away a penalty and it was the right decision. Okay, okay. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Okay then. <laughs> we will move on to Scottish Football Was Our Stadium. Thank you very much for all your shouts this week on Twitter. I always, we, have, to, I always have to turn off Twitter. We always get, I know, we get loads and loads, don't we? Turn it off. Whenever Chris puts that up, I have to get turn my notifications off. Remember to give us a follow on at Big Football Scott, I should say, and get your mentions in there. So here we go. Hello to Andy King, Tori Andre, Flowball Energy Stadium. The what energy stadium? Flowball. Where's the Flowball? The Global Energy Stadium. That's what Ross County Stadium's called. Is it? Yeah, the Global Energy Stadium. Flowball, uh, yeah. I didn't know it was a Global Energy Stadium. Hello to Artist Chris, who says, Curtis Main Stand. Uh, Craig B says, Eagle Austin Stade de France. It's <laughs> 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 quite good, quite like that. Uh, Daniel Miller says, Andy Constantine Castle. Constantine. No. No. Uh, Dave N84, Ibroxy Bear Stadium. Ibroxy Bear. Broxy Bear Broxy Bear yeah yeah. Graham McLean says Amsterdam Arino Gattuso (laughs) (laughs) Not bad Uh, Alan Till Right Quite a few here San Budge Ciro San Ciro San Budge I know I know who San Budge is Yeah Why San Budge? I don't know Santiago Bernabe Celtic left back Oh yes Akechi Mestaya Mistalia? No, that doesn't even work. No. Nah. Uh, it's poor this week. Stadio Deli Alpi McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Park the Prince Bobbin. Not bad. Uh, Ding Walter Smith. I don't get that one. Ding Wall. Uh, that's not a stadium, that's a place. Come on, Alan. Grand Slam Scotty says, Petodri Cantwell. Petodri Todd Cantwell. That's not bad. Greg Ritchie, Anfield Budge. Anfield Budge. Anf- Wait, what? An Budge. Anfield Bun. Budge. Oh, Anfield Budge. and Budge, yeah. Leanne Dens Park. Is that meant to be Leanne Dempster? Dempster. No. Yeah. No. John Bleasdale says, ex-Hibs goalkeeper Mark Ibroxley. <laughs> Kenny Burgess says, Sakala Bank. <laughs> yeah, Gala Bank, yeah. Kieran Connolly, Jan Venninger of Hesse Lynx Park. Michael uh-huh. Montanani says Santiago Bernabe, another one of them. Uh, Graham Ibricks, uh, Rowan Vinecastle, and Jens Park. <laughs> not bad. That's not bad. Uh, Mikko says Roger Hannadice <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kirk Broadwood. 
Not bad. Uh, Rab Thompson says, Gorgie Standy Halliday. Oh, no. Paddy says, Paul McStair Park. Ross1874. Tony Macaroni Dialer. Ham Dennis Law. God. And Fourth Banky Halliday. God! <laughs> and Ricky says, Billy Starks Park, obviously. Ewan's brother-in-law Sugden's Park <laughs> very good and Sunderland's Stadium of Shite <laughs> after Raphael Shite go with Sugden's Park like that ok thank you again for all your tweets and uh, for next week can we have your shouts your best shouts please on at Big Football Scott for if Scottish football was a computer game oh, I love that that's a good one here are some of producer Chris's shouts you want to hear them Call of Duty <laughs> Mario Kirk Broadfoot Not bad Rock Bandy Halliday And Chadu Wee Sport <laughs> Very good Chadu Wee Sport is very good Right okay so I can see getting back to the stadiums One of my favourite named stadiums on the planet Is Stade de Suisse Wankdorf Yes, is that in uh, Austria, I think? Yeah, that yeah. was one of the stadiums for the European Championships when yes. Austria shared it with Switzerland. Totally. And I was working on the Real Radio Football phone and we roughly oh, went... Whoa, 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 Oh, don't whoa, do whoa. this again. This is the Real Football phone with you and Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 2101. Me? That's us about 50 odd minutes into the podcast and that's your first mention of it this week actually that's quite good well so du you. during that summer which was the European Championships in Austria and also Switzerland so the stadium was Stade de Suisse Wangdorf and I think there was like four games being played at that stadium and we were running a, a summer football quiz and Ruffy was like your phone a friend for, for punters who were phoning up and I was asking the questions and one of the questions was Ruffy for two points uh, spell Stade de Suisse Wangdorf <laughs> Right, so he was going like things like stad s t a d da da d a swiss swiss s w i s s wank w a n k wanked wanked off wanked wanked off a e d o f f live on the radio. Great. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Great times, great times. This is the real football phone with you and Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 2101. Real radio. You know what I've just thought about there? Why don't we phone that number <laughs> and see if it's a real number? Oh, what, go on. What's go the on number good. again? Um, Oh, wait a minute, I'll just play again. This is The Real Football Phoning with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 2101. What was oh, it? 0845 100 2101. 100 2101. Right. Okay. Yeah, and go on. We've got to fade it up. Let's go. Here we go. The number you have called is not in service. Ah, oh, that's a shame. That's it. That's a shame. It died with the radio station. It died with the radio station. Yeah. Oh, well. Right, quickly before we go, uh, let's do the Scotland squad because it's been announced by Steve Clark for the oh, upcoming qualifiers I've against Norway and Georgia. So it's pretty much as you'd expect. There's no big surprises in it. So in goals, we've got Xander Clark, Angus Gunn and Liam Kelly. Defenders, Liam Cooper, Jack Hendry, Aaron Hickey, Dominic Hyam. Nathan Patterson, Ryan Porteous, Anthony Rolson, Andy Robertson, John Souter is in there, Greg Taylor and Kieran Tierney as well. Interesting that Greg Taylor's back because obviously yes. he was missing from a few Scotland squads. Elsewhere, midfielders Stuart Armstrong, Lewis Ferguson, who scored again for Bologna yesterday. I know it's Billy Gilmore, who's obviously been playing for Brighton as well. Ryan Jack, John McGinn, Cal McGregor, Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay. Forwards, Ryan Christie, Lyndon Dykes, Kevin Nisbet and Lauren Shankland. Why? How does Kenny McLean keep getting in that squad? Well, he's playing for Norwich. Is he? Yeah. By the way, Billy Gilmore, 
since he got his opportunity under De Zebri. I mean, he's been outstanding. Yeah, he's I think been he's, had like, he's had like man of the match in the last three or four games. So, yeah, Billy Gilmore is back on form. And I think De Zebri's already said, and we're fair play to the boy, the manager at Brighton says, I think I've made a mistake with Billy Gilmore. And I think he's going to be a key player for Brighton next season. John McGinn's been outstanding under Emery. There was all the talk before Emery came in that John McGinn was going to be sold to some. There's no way he's been sold. If anything, there'll be clubs looking to sign John McGinn. He's been outstanding under Emery and they finish what was it six in the league to get into European football so well done yep. to Aston Villa and John Seventh, McGinn yeah. Callum McGregor brilliant that's a good midfielder Lewis Ferguson has been lighting up in Italy brilliant Ken, can, by the way Kenny McLean played 42 games this season I'm not a fan uh, Stuart Armstrong I'm not sure why he's in the squad came on uh, for Southampton yesterday in their draw against Liverpool Ferguson Gilmore McGinn McGregor McTominay yeah love it who's missing from the forward line uh, Wait, what, Shea, what? Shea, Shea Adams is injured oh Shea Adams is injured and where's what's his name that plays at Newcastle but he's no playing for them obviously is he injured or where is he just now Ryan Fraser he's normally in a Scotland squad oh he's been bombed out by Eddie Howe again they just fall out constantly yeah right. he's, he's he's not in the squad so. so he's likely to leave in the summer then yes I would imagine so I'm but sure with a few other Newcastle players Nathan yeah. Parson didn't play for Everton yesterday and uh, he's in the squad because he was injured I take it his injury's not that bad then well fingers crossed it's not no so I noticed Hickey played yesterday against Manchester City as Hickey's well been, Hickey's been brilliant this season um, I know he had an injury halfway through through, but he's d- been outstanding. I didn't see Tierney come on for Arsenal yesterday. I don't think he was. I don't think he came on. Tierney's leaving. This he, he certainly wasn't starting anyway. As I mentioned, uh, Lewis Ferguson scored for Bologna this season. Lewis Ferguson is the highest scoring Scot in Italian football since Dennis Law. Nobody scores more, go- more goals in a season as a Scotsman in Serie A. Then Lewis Ferguson, I think he's got six or seven goals or something like that. And obviously Dennis Law would have had a lot more than that back in yeah. the day. But Lewis Ferguson's had a, a really, really good season at Bologna. And I hope that he gets a chance over these yes. two games. Really Stephen, do. can I ask you, right, apart from Shea Adams, is there any other strikers we're missing or that should be getting a chance? I can't think at the moment. I don't think so. I think, you That's know, it. Shanklin's obviously had a really good season. Nisbet. Nisbet has yeah. ended the season really well after obviously being injured for the first wee part of it. You know, he'll go with Dykes because he likes Dykes and let's be honest, Dykes has never let Scotland down. He's always been a really good performer under Steve Clark. Now, obviously, it is Norway, then Georgia. Huge, huge games. If we can go to Norway and win... I mean, we're pretty much there. We're pretty much there already if we beat I, Norway I, and Norway. I would take four points just now because Odegaard and Haaland will play against us. Um, and if we keep Odegaard happy... If, sorry, if we keep Odegaard quiet... Unhappy, yes. Aye, if we keep Odegaard quiet then you quieten down Haaland because then you, obviously, you block the supply to him. So I would take right now a point in Norway, if you gave it to me, and take three points in Georgia and then we're there. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. And I actually fancy us. I think we're going to go to Norway and win and then that'll be that. We can all sort of start booking our accommodation for Germany next year. What's the dates for these games? So it is Saturday the 17th we play Norway. So a couple of weeks time for that, obviously. It's the week after the Champions League final. And then I think we play Georgia on the Tuesday night. Got ya. Got uh, Which is the 20th. And then... That'll be us for uh, a few weeks after that, actually. Yeah. So there we Amazing. are. So we will be back next week on the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been Stephen Mill. He's been Ewan Cameron. Thank you. Don't worry, it's not over yet. We are back next Monday to talk about the final three fixtures in the Scottish footballing calendar in terms of domestic stuff. We've got the Scottish Cup final on Saturday as well as both legs of the Scottish Premiership playoff. Who will take the final spot in Scottish Top Flight? We will know this time next week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review as well. Plus, head over to Twitter for if Scottish football was a computer game. Get your tweets in for that. We're back next week with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Bye-bye, Ewan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.